0: Hey PJ, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Say again. Again. No, it's again like Rocky the Squirrel. Let me try it again. Hey PJ, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again. You are su- you're a bad Rocky squirrel. You would not you would not last a minute.
1: My bullwinkle or the squirrel?
0: No, you're the you're the squirrel. Okay, you do you do bullwinkle and I'll do the squirrel.
1: Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat.
0: Again
1: That was better. I'm Presto. More a, I'm more of a bullwinkle.
0: <laughs> and then you say, nothing up my sleeve. Presto. Nothing,
1: nothing up my sleeve.
0: Okay, let's do it again. Let's do it again. <laughs> do it again. No, do it. Do it. Do it.
1: It was so good. And now I'll pull a rabbit out of my head. Again. Presto. Nothing up my sleeve. That was pretty good. Okay. That was
0: pretty good. You took me back.
1: Hey, well, welcome to Cinema Puradiso.
0: <laughs> we would never poo poo bullwinkle and Rocky.
1: No. Ever. Not that anybody remembers who they are.
0: Yeah, they do. They're classic. Maybe. And Mr. Peabody going back in time. He was the original time traveler, Mr. Peabody. And what was the dog's name? No, the dog was Mr. Peabody and and, his buddy,
1: uh, what was the
0: boy's name?
1: Dexter? I don't know.
0: I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up Sherwin
1: Shur- Sherwin. Sherwin, yeah. Yeah, Sherwin and Mr. Peabody.
0: Kids, look it up. Google it.
1: So what have you been up to, Maureen?
0: Um, no good. Okay. Uh, stuff. Hey, I'm opening a play at the Hollywood Fringe Festival called A Falling Star at Buzzard's Roost, and you did a special song video slideshow for it. Yes. So thanks. Oh, you're welcome. It's at the McCadden Theater in Los Angeles, if you're in Los Angeles, the McCadden Theater, June 16th and June 22nd. Hollywood Fringe Festival. I'm very excited about it. It's very cool. And I really appreciate your contribution of zombies to it.
1: Oh, no problem.
0: Yeah, I was reading the script with PJ and he went, "You need zombies." And so we added them. Yep. Yep, cuz that's what we do here at Netflix and Kill.
1: So, <laughs> speaking of Netflix, <laughs> did you happen to catch Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile?
0: No, but I wanted to. It's the No, that's the Ted Bundy thing, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's that's a really long title. For a really old story, about a seemingly handsome and beguiling antagonist, serial killer. Serial killer.
1: <laughs> well, the... played
0: by a teen idol. <laughs> oh, no. Is that weird? Okay, okay, is that just weird casting? zach afron He's a teen... He's a teen idol. He's a teen idol.
1: He is well. He's grown up now.
0: That's weird. Was that like a Ricky Schroeder? Was that just Ricky Schroeder moment playing Ted Bundy?
1: I, I don't know. But the movie is very uneventful.
0: What was the breakout moment for Ricky Schroeder?
1: I don't know. What was he? The movie The Champ with John Voight. But he was like a little kid then.
0: No, and we. Oh, something he was on, on some TV adult.
1: series where he was a cop or something.
0: Yeah, and so yeah. Zach, if you wanted to break out of the Teen Idol thing and get away from High School Musical, I think you successfully have done it. Maybe not so great for your career. I don't know.
1: Well, you know, he actually is pretty good in it, as Ted Bundy. But the thing is, what extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile, what the problem is, is that uh, it's supposed to be from the girlfriend's point of view. Because, you know, Ted Bundy had a girlfriend. Yeah. And, and uh, the original script, because I have a friend who used to be a script reader, read the original script. And the original script is you don't even know he's Ted Bundy until the end of the movie.
0: See, that's what you want. I, that's what upset me so here it's, is it's, that so we found just it was like, Ted Bundy so too it just early. It seems
1: like it's a romance movie uh, that takes place in the 70s. And then uh, there's something suspicious about this guy that the girlfriend thinks something's up but you don't find out who he is until the end of the movie. That would have
0: been so much better. Why did they mess with him? So,
1: so with this, it's like you already know he's Ted Bundy. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, and if, you, if you've watched as many serial killer documentaries as me, you know everything ab- about this w- with his girlfriend, how she was in denial for a long time, but she's the one who gave his name to the police when she saw his sketch in the newspaper. And so, for a movie that's supposed to be through her eyes, there's a lot of stuff that happens in the movie that she wasn't around for. It
0: felt like the (laughs) Netflix documentary. It felt like it already... Well, no, the Netflix
1: documentary on Ted Bundy is really good. There's a four-part documentary that I highly recommend, and that is really good.
0: No, what I'm saying Mm -hmm. is, like, the series of events, with the police and everything, that was great, and it it, it happens. I would have liked a storyline that... um, that gave you a surprise, like you said.
1: Right, right, yeah. I mean, you don't see any of the killing. You see a lot of the court, the trial, and, and you see the escapes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, yeah, you don't see any of the killing because God, I don't know how. They changed the script, obviously. <laughs> but, who changed
0: it? Who but do, it's who like, I don't know. How,
1: I, I, I don't know. But
0: I would have gone with the script that your friend read. That
1: well, would have been well, much better. Well, interesting. yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how it was supposed to be, but they changed it, like I said.
0: Do you think there'll be some copycats? You know how they do these documentary things, and then like... Wasn't there like... Weren't there like three different versions of Lorena Bobbitt? (laughs) Weren't there like all kinds of... There was the Lifetime version, and then there was the documentary, and then there was something else. Well, this isn't the
1: first movie about Ted Bundy. This is like the fourth one. What were the others? Well, there's a movie called Ted Bundy, which I really like, actually. It came out around 2000 uh it was like early early to mid 2000s was
0: that a documentary
1: no it was a movie there there was these like arty serial killer movies coming out there was like one with jeremy renner dahmer which started the whole craze mm-hmm. and that that was Jerry, jeremy renner's breakout movie mm-hmm. and then after that there was this ted bundy movie which is good and there's a john wayne gacy movie I remember the John Wayne Gacy
0: movie. That was clowns and stuff, right? No,
1: John Wayne Gacy movie was the guy who played Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure.
0: Oh, that's so cool! Yeah,
1: but wasn't Uh, the John Wayne Gacy uh,
0: situation about clowns? Wasn't John Wayne Gacy about clowns?
1: Well, he was a party clown. He was a party. It was one of the things he did. I remember
0: stuff. Do I get points?
1: But during this period of time, there was already movies like art house movies about serial killers and. Dahmer, where Jeremy Renner was one, this Ted Bundy movie was another, and the Gacy was one, two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and then there's there was like an old, like a lifetime Ted Bundy movie with Mark Harmon or something. And, and then there was uh, another Ted Bundy movie, which was really bad. But yeah, there's and been...
0: Zach never did unibrow Ted Bundy. I remember we were watching it and it was like, where's the unibrow? He,
1: he kind of looked like him. I mean, they had the hair, they didn't have the unibrow. Yeah,
0: they, yeah.
1: They and there was one point where Zach Efron takes his shirt off and he's way too buff because physical fit in the 70s wasn't like, like cut. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, physically fit in the 70s was not having a belly, pretty it's like much. It was like Batman. Yeah. Like
0: Batman was like really Adam West. Adam West was not really physically fit by our standards, but he was, you know, in spandex.
1: But the one thing about this Zach Efron Ted Bundy movie, because I'm not going to go through that really long title again, <laughs> there was a surprise: James Hatfield, isn't it? Ah, uh, Metallica. He plays the sheriff who pulls Ted Bundy over and discovers his rape kit in the back seat.
0: Is it because James Hatfield wants to get into acting now, or because he knew somebody and said, oh, dude, put me in your movie? Or did the guy say, hey, do this part in my movie?
1: I, don't, I have no idea. We should look it up. Yeah. But, Kids, Google it. But the first movie, because we're, we're doing movie reviews today, folks, but the first movie we're going to review today also has a rock star in it. No. Yes.
0: Is it, is it can I guess?
1: Can I guess? Yeah, sure, guess. Is it,
0: is it, is it, hold on, hold on, D. Snyder? No. Damn it. But he did do a horror movie, and he did, he had like a, he has a new horror movie coming out, right? And does he have a new one coming out?
1: Uh, From I understand, or doing like a reboot sequel.
0: Of Strangeland. Yes. That's cool, because my friend Jesse Snyder is his son, and so I know stuff. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, he's cool.
1: It's cool that you could name drop here on Cinema Pura Diso. You
0: know what? Go ahead and name drop. You, you name it. You know Stephanie Erb.
1: I, <laughs> but no one else <laughs> does.
0: <laughs> you know. You know Maggie Mayfield. She's on Coast One Hundred Three Point Five. Yeah. You know. You know famous people. Your cousin's with Scott Baio. Yeah. Okay, so you name drop all the time. Okay. I name drop one rock star's son, and you give me shit.
1: I know Ernest Borgnine's grandson. No. I and I know. Well, I I met Jay Anson's son. Who's that? Jay Anson wrote the Amityville Horror.
0: Don't you know the grandson of Satanism?
1: Oh yeah, Anton Lavey's grandson. I know him too.
0: Do you keep in touch with him? No. I want to meet him.
1: No. Please. Mm. Why? We'll talk about that later. <laughs>
0: can I just say that the apple pie Laura bar and bullet bourbon go really well together I'm just saying it's a new dessert this is a new dessert for me good
1: maybe it'll sponsor this podcast now hey we gave them free advertising
0: Laura bar and bullet whiskey drink them together well don't drink your stuff but
1: all right so the first movie we're gonna review is the twenty seven club
0: which is super rock and roll cool because it ...investigates the coincidence between Jimi Hendrix, Amy Winehouse, and Kurt Cobain dying at 27. Yeah. Live hard. Die fast. Yeah. Leave a good-looking corpse.
1: Uh, uh, Before we get into this, uh, let me just say, Maureen has only watched the trailer. I have watched the movie.
0: And I want to... This trailer (laughs) makes me want to see the movie.
1: So it's the 27 Club... And as Maureen said, it explores those rock stars who died when they were 27, such as Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, and a couple others.
0: And it looks like a guy gets to talk to the dead?
1: So, it's... To
0: (laughs) find answers? It
1: it focuses on... on, uh, Well, the movie opens with a rock star dying at the age of 27 and it focuses on a guy who is making a a film student who's making a documentary on the 27 club and uh he befriends this girl who's a singer who finds popularity once she does something like something, something. with satan so what it is is they made packs with the devil and now Winter 27, it's time to pay up.
0: Oh, shit. Well, that, no wonder I've never been famous.
1: And, uh, <laughs> as I said earlier when I men- mentioned James Hatfield, uh, or Hatfield, 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 Hetfield. same shit. Yeah. So, anyway, this has a rock star in it
0: Todd Rundgren.
1: Yeah, Todd Rundgren.
0: <laughs> Hello, it's me. Who
1: plays the, uh, Mysterious Guru. film teacher, professor.
0: Kind of like George Carlin in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: But But not as cool. Although none of you are going to watch this movie. No,
0: watch it. It looks kind of cool.
1: I'm not going to spoil it for you. Watch it. But Todd Rundgren has a pretty sizable role in this movie.
0: Can Todd Rundgren act? He's okay. Well, I just, you know, it's kind of cool. He has weird hair. I didn't like his hair in the preview. Was he like know.
1: 70 now?
0: Yeah, but it just his <laughs> hair looked weird. I'm sorry. Okay. So, I've taken PJ to the whiskey and to some other events with um rock stars, and I'm sorry. When you get over 50, do something with your hair. Yeah. Okay. The stringy long, it's not working. Some of my best friends are rock stars. And, and I mean no offense, but the ones that are really my friends actually have really good hair. But then there are some that I just look at and go, no, oh God, just fucking cut your hair. Like Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi aged so beautifully. He has like gorgeous hair. He's always had gorgeous hair. He went from that long, long, long to the short and he's just hot. He's a hottie. Hot, yeah, well,
1: hot. whenever I see Marky Ramon, it looks like he's wearing a really bad wig. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Um... Who else? What other rock stars have good hair? What what
1: guys have well, like... Bon Jovi has good hair. Well, I said
0: Bon Jovi, but who else?
1: Um,
0: D. Snyder. He wears his back in a ponytail and it's okay. You mm-hmm. know? He does, mm-hmm. It's not stringy. Well, some guys,
1: some older guys with longer hair. I mean, they know how to work it still. But there's some guys like, I don't know, maybe Don Dokken, not so much.
0: Oh, Don. David, I David, love Don. Don loves me. Don loves redheads. David Coverdale. I've sung backups for him. You, yeah, David Coverdale, <laughs> Sammy Hagar, you. Yeah. Yeah, just not good. But um, uh, um, um, David Lee Roth actually cut his hair short, and looks you know pretty good. Except he just doesn't look very healthy in general. Um, Axl Rose has long hair. No, cut your damn hair off, dude. You're a grandpa now. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, so Todd Rundgren, not sure what was going on with your hair in this trailer, but I do want to see this movie, even if it's just like. A fluvy. You know? Well
1: the whole thing is this movie was put out by Cleopatra Entertainment.
0: What does that mean? That sounds like a like a sex toy company.
1: Cleopatra Records. Cleopatra Records were like one of the leading labels, a California label in, in uh, goth and industrial
0: Where goth music, music goes to die? <laughs> guess a snake bit it.
1: But well, Cleopatra was originally that's, that was their thing, was goth, industrial, and punk, and uh, I believe uh, Christian Death was on their label. Um, were you on their label, Spawn? Ranch. With your
0: band, Monkeys with Handguns? No. Were you? Did you ever? We talk were. To them? We were
1: independent. Oh yeah. But no. But I, I I I was a big fan of a lot of Cleopatra artists but as you know as you know times change and industrial and goth wasn't as popular yeah they expanded into like more classical artists such as todd rungren is now on their label
0: oh that's kind of cool
1: and so now there's cleopatra entertainment and they're apparently making movies like the 27 club
0: oh I- Okay.
1: So, so that's probably how Why Todd Rundgren got in, got in this movie well
0: and his name's going to sell stuff people are going to go like me people are going to go oh I love Todd Rundgren I wonder if he can act
1: and it was written and directed by Patrick Fogarty who i I, I directed episodes and maybe even created the show Average Joe
0: is he related to Dan Fogarty the musician?
1: I don't know but do you remember Average Joe? It was that fake reality show. I didn't watch it. Well, they had like fake contestants, but there was like one contestant that just thought it was he was really on a reality show and it wasn't revealed to him until the end.
0: That's weird. That
1: the whole thing was fake. <laughs>
0: that's that's like the Truman show. I don't like it. So they did like two seasons of it. I
1: say no. It I say that no. Was it. But anyway, uh twenty seven club is not good. It's not a good movie. But I'm sorry to say, I know you want to see it. And I want to see it because of the rock and it.
0: roll thing. And I want to like grab onto your arm and cut off all the circulation. And
1: it's like, even the girl that makes a pact with the devil. And, it, and it's like, she's not even that talented.
0: Well, when I mean, she's
1: singing and it's just like, what?
0: <laughs> is it, is she an artist on the label? I don't know. Um, were there shocking or scary moments?
1: Uh, well, there's a demon like devil thing that runs around. Did it scare pe-
0: you? Did it, did it, um, people die? did it make you giggle <laughs> or make you jump?
1: No, not really.
0: Well, you're not afraid of anything, least of all hot sauce.
1: So, the, well, the main, the leading lady girl is Madison Carter. And
0: she spells her name funny. What a poser. Poser.
1: And, uh, she's been in other things.
0: She's been in student films, babe. She hasn't been in anything... Babe? Every, you're babe. It's Hollywood. <laughs> babe. Babe.
1: Well, yeah, well, obviously. You know, she's been in a couple like independent movies. Well, it
0: looks like she's done world. some TV. No, no, scroll up. We're looking at his little iPady thing here. Um,
1: the TV shows that you've never heard of. Miss
0: Beverly Hills Ghost, which was a TV series, but on what?
1: Yeah, I never heard of it. Mm-mm. The Joker Blogs. Lots there, of shorts. In which he played Catwoman.
0: Oh, Devil's Carnival. Goth Girl. Hmm. Um, I don't see anything. Yeah, she's been in a lot of shorts. So.
1: Oh, she was in the Devil's Carnival, the Darren Lynn Bowsman musical.
0: Oh, I want to see that. Uh, I want Darren to produce my musical, A Falling Star, Buzzard Trust. Anybody I know in that? Anybody
1: else? Barry Bostwick.
0: Barry Bostwick? That rocks. That's amazing.
1: I remember when you met Barry Bostwick. And
0: I called him by somebody else's name. (laughs) Yes. I was really embarrassed. Oh,
1: Adam Pascal from Rent.
0: Oh, great. Okay. You know, he was
1: Roger in Rent.
0: Yeah, he was. He was great.
1: (laughs) Paul Sorvino. Paul Sorvino plays God.
0: Oh, shit. Paul Sorvino should play God. Yeah, we'll have
1: to watch this and review it, because I'm sure it's not good. But yeah, so the 27 Club is not good. I'm sorry. Okay. It's it's, it's, it's cheaply done. It's low budget. It's uninteresting. And as the movie goes along, uh, there's these little vignettes where someone who joined the 27 Club, like you'll see... uh, Kurt, Kurt Cobain, some guy looked at Kurt Cobain and he'll do this monologue about dying. And the same thing with Amy Winehouse.
0: They and, do these monologues else. about... Why... And
1: Jim Morrison, yeah.
0: It would have been cooler if they'd used actual newsreel of them talking about life and death. That would have been cool. Yeah.
1: But yeah, yeah, the movie, yeah, it's just... yeah. All right. All right.
0: Moving on. So you just showed me Sid Haig... The guy from House of a Thousand Corpses. The clown. Who I met at Palooza or Palooza or something. I got his autograph. Oh, you did? He thought I was cute. Sid Haig? Yeah.
1: How long ago was that?
0: I don't know, like five years ago.
1: yeah oh. Well, the reason why we're talking about Sid Haig is because uh, he's in a new movie called High on the Hog.
0: Is it about pigs or motorcycles?
1: <laughs> it's about a pot farmer.
0: With pigs?
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's pigs. Uh, it's it's an homage to Grindhouse movies. And actually, it's not a bad movie. But the problem with it is that it's over-stylized. It's, it's over-stylized and there's so much...
0: It's too 70s marijuana. From when I am watching the trailer, it looked like, really, I'm really
1: 70s. Well, I yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's an... Homage to grindhouse movies, in which Sid Haig is a veteran of. He was, it, he's like in tons of grindhouse movies from like the seventies right. and the sixties and a lot of uh, black exploitation movies. He was in Coffee. He was in. Fox I want to see Brown. him as a
0: young Sid Haig.
1: I want yeah, to see what a young.
0: Si- <laughs> I, I want to see what a young Sid Haig looks like.
1: But High on the Hog isn't a bad movie as far as acting and story. But but the problem I had with it is that it's over stylized. What do you mean? All right, so it, they give it a grindhouse look with cut through and dust and all that, which mm-hmm. is fine. That's cool. But then there's a lot of rapid editing that's annoying. Mm. And then there's all this other stuff, stylistic stuff going on with.
0: I saw boobies in the preview.
1: Superimposed images and stuff. You, you saw there were boobies. Yeah, there's nudity in it. Well, it's an homage to grindhouse movie. You gotta have boobies.
0: Yeah,
1: and uh, and like I said, it, if it wasn't for the over stylization of the movie, I would love it. But that was just the one thing that kept like sort of taking me out of it.
0: Could you watch it in slow motion? <laughs> the quick no. edits wouldn't bother you. <laughs> you have film apps, you know. You could just.
1: <sighs> slow it down (laughs) don't be silly i don't know but anyway (laughs) but yeah who else is in this movie um joe estevez
0: yeah he really looks like martin sheen he does well he's martin sheen's brother well yeah he's the one that couldn't act obviously (laughs) (laughs) he's did he act before did he act yeah
1: he's been in tons of things
0: anything that i would care about
1: and the reason why he goes by Estevez is because he didn't want to...
0: Ride on Martin's coattails because Martin made it so big and so much bigger than he did?
1: Yeah. Well, I think, actually, I think Joe Estevez did the um, Captain Willard narration in Apocalypse Now. Oh, that's cool. Instead of... Because, you know, Martin Sheen had a heart attack while he was making that movie. Oh, shit. And, and I think they brought in Joe Estevez, his brother... To, who sounds like him to do the narration in the movie damn so when you hear Martin Sheen's voice really as a narrator it's really his brother Joe did Asteris. Martin Sheen
0: get have a heart attack because of his work in the movie or it was it just a coincidence
1: uh, I don't know the, you know th- there's a good documentary about the making of Apocalypse Now wow um,
0: now I want to see that
1: in it I forgot the name. I think it's called Heart of Darkness, Mm -hmm. which is the name of the book that Apocalypse Now is based on. But there's a documentary that Francis Ford Coppola's wife made while they were shooting it called Heart of Darkness. And it just covers everything about how cursed that movie was. I mean, the movie's great.
0: More cursed than a Terry Gilliam movie. But but
1: just how cursed it was in making it. Mm. Because Martin Sheen had a heart attack, and uh, Marlon Brando was crazy. And Mm. and and there were other things too that were that caused problems. But anyway, we're talking about high on the hog.
0: Yeah, we are pigs and pot, pot and pigs, pigs and
1: pot. (laughs) Yeah, so it's about a pot farmer, played by Sid Haig, uh, and Weed and
0: Wilbur. See what I did there? Yeah, because Wilbur was from Charlotte's Web.
1: And the de agent who's trying to take him down, played by Joe Estevez. And then the mayor that stands in between them, played by Robert Zadar.
0: With the big jaw.
1: Yes, he has cherubism.
0: He has cherubism. And I'm not like criticizing, I just thought, found it interesting. And you know what's, what's cool is when somebody can use uh, something unique about themselves to their advantage and not let it hold them back.
1: Yeah, well, he owes his whole career to that jaw. That's pretty cool. I mean, he... He was Maniac Cop in the Maniac Cop movies. And tons of bad guys. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe even before he was an actor, he was a Chippendale dancer, which means he was a How would you stripper. look at his penis
0: if you are too busy looking at his jaw?
1: Chippendales didn't get totally naked.
0: Yeah, but you looked down there. You looked in their penal area. I'm so, I am so distracted by his jaw, I would never look at his penis.
1: Well, there you go. But he was a very muscular guy. Yeah. So maybe the ladies could see past his jaw to look at his. I don't maybe he had a beard. So yeah. Well, he has a genetic disorder called cherubism.
0: Yeah. He seems like a very nice guy. I would want to be friends with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: So yeah, I mean.
0: Sid Haig, I would go because of Sid Haig. I am curious about Joe Estevez, and now I will. When we get done, I'm going to Google him.
1: <laughs> yeah. And those are pretty much the only names in the movie. And it was directed by... <laughs> Tony Wash.
0: Who directed what else?
1: Um, nothing that you've heard of. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but like, Robert Zadar, you know, is from Chicago. Uh-huh. And so is Tony Wash.
0: Wow. I and mean, you love Chicago.
1: Oh, I'm from Chicago.
0: I know. Just so you know, PJ is trying to make Burbank into Chicago so stay tuned to all the podcasts to see if he succeeds
1: so Joe Wash has produced a lot of low budget horror movies and horror shorts yeah
0: it's my party and I'll die if I want to wow (laughs) that's Uh, dark
1: look at directing The Rake skeleton in the closet
0: the muck a chance in hell welcome to dreadsville five souls of mischief I mean these are good titles I like the titles kind yeah of groovy, you know
1: well like I said high in the hog isn't a bad movie it's just the overstylization. like if if, if I had epilepsy I probably would have gone into a seizure
0: okay watching yeah. the then movie. I will hate it because I hate quick stuff like that it gives me migraines um <laughs> You know, it's interesting how it seems like anybody can make a movie now. If you have enough money, you can just make a movie. That's what I'm learning doing these poor decisions. Well, no. Shows.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, it's good.
0: It's creative outlet. We're mirroring but, 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 but I life like, and bringing art. But but I cases. like,
1: you know, it's like if you've got money to make something. Like, I assume that the 27 Club had money to make the piece of crap they did.
0: Then just do it. <laughs> that they
1: could have made a better piece of crap. Yeah. You know, and and High on the Hog, I mean, pretty simple. Mm -hmm. And like I said, you know, I appreciate the fact, I love Grindhouse movies. I appreciate the fact that Tony Walsh likes Grindhouse movies, but Mm -hmm. it was just too much. Too much. It was sensory overload. Right. And, yeah.
0: Hmm. All right.
1: But, you know, like I said, Hog. Is it a floovie? High on the Hog, is is good on story, good on acting.
0: Bad on editing. Bad editing. Well, choices. rapid editing. Ick.
1: Too well, much can rapid we, editing and can too we much over stylization. Will you
0: show it to me? Can we watch it? And you can just like fast forward through the rapid editing.
1: And <laughs> make it even more rapid. Or, or just
0: tell me to look away, and then tell me when I can look back.
1: Well, we could give it a shot.
0: Does the rapid editing? If you were to take that out, would it change the story? No. Okay, good. Then let's just make our own version <laughs> of it.
1: So we'll make a remake of High on the Hog.
0: We'll make a re-edited version for The Epileptic. We'll
1: do a reboot. <laughs> a reboot the we'll for The
0: Epileptic could... and Migraine stuff. we we'll see if we
1: can get Sid Haig to reprise his role. And Joe Estevez.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: All right. And our final poovy:
0: The Final Wish.
1: The Final Wish, which uh, was written by Jeffrey Reddick.
0: Say Reddick again. Reddick. Jeffrey Reddick. Isn't it Reddick?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Reddick. Jeffrey Reddick.
0: (laughs) What are you twelve? He said Dick. He said Dick.
1: Jeffrey Reddick, who wrote all the Final Destination movies.
0: He likes to put the word "final" in his movies. I love
1: the Final Destination series. It's good, Mm -hmm. except for. The second to the last one wasn't. I think that was Final Destination 4 was the worst of the Final Destinations.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're going to make a bunch of sequels, clearly it's not the final one.
1: <laughs> well, if there's Final Destination 1, then Final Destination 2. <laughs> what? Final Destination 3. No,
0: that's what I'm saying. Final Destination 4, but
1: Final Destination 5 was called The Final Destination. The Final Final. (laughs) It's just dumb. And it was.
0: No, it's just dumb. It's just dumb. (laughs) Mr. Dick. I'm sorry, Mr. Red Dick. (laughs) You're wrong, and somebody should pay you It was directed
1: by Timothy Woodward Jr.
0: (sighs) What did Sr. do?
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Junior did. Okay. But um, the final wish is about this guy who's a down on his luck lawyer, trying to make it big in the law. Why is he down Chicago. on the luck?
0: Because he stole a donut from an interview <laughs> in the preview. That's pretty down on his luck. <laughs> if you're gonna steal food, I did that in New York when I was working as a secretary in the fashion industry yeah I never brought my lunch I always ate this is before I was gluten-free I always ate cup of noodles and um hot chocolate with marshmallows I just ate whatever was in the kitchen because it was there for us so those were my actual meals that's good yeah I was heavier then but yeah and
1: then the kid's father dies and he has to go back home wherever that is
0: to his famous actress for
1: very grandma. small town it his dad,
0: was it his was that his mom or his, his grandma? mom mm.
1: lynn is very old
0: yeah she looked too old to be his mom
1: uh, you know who lynn is she was in the insidious movies yeah she was in something about mary Seen something she's got it, an right?
0: amazing character face. She's just super yeah, cool. She's and she's always committed to what she's, she's doing. She's Bob in. Shea's
1: sister. You know who Bob Shea was? No, tell me. Bob Shea was the CEO of New Line Cinema.
0: Is that how she got her start? Did he help her?
1: I think she might have been. She might a, have helped him. <laughs> she might have been in a couple of Nightmare on Elm Street movies, I think.
0: Maybe. No, she's but, super creepy. She's super duper creepy.
1: She's been in tons
0: of stuff. She's good at being creepy.
1: And, let's see, who else is in this movie that... Well, Tony Todd is in the movie for about 30 seconds.
0: And the Mandy Moore wannabe.
1: Tony Todd, you know, Candyman.
0: Yeah, but the the female lead looks like Mandy Moore. Like Mandy Moore's sister or cousin. Or
1: a poor man's Megan Fox.
0: Or a poor man's Phoebe Cates. (laughs) With a tan.
1: Perhaps. I don't know. But it's... So... He has to go back home and his father is a weird collector of stuff and he finds this urn and uh he starts making wishes just, you know, as people do, you know. I wish something and
0: And then something happens. And
1: then these wishes that he's making, yeah, things are actually happening. His wishes are coming. It's like the monkey's paw. Yes. And He's, everything, he he wishes he had money, he wins the lottery. Mm-hmm. He wishes he was better looking, because he has a scar under his nose.
0: So he gets hit by a car and has to have plastic surgery. Yeah. With an excruciatingly long <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: scene with the surgeon gazing at him.
1: Yeah, what when I was, was that?
0: why when why? I was when I was watching why? this
1: movie I said I was like is this a David Lynch movie because that was so David Lynch
0: that was so long but
1: it was like the only yeah it's, it's the like... only
0: moment like that <laughs> and let's just point out that I didn't see the movie but PJ played me this really fun trailer by this company called nurkish where these three kids pick out movies for <laughs> their adult friend or cousin not a pedophile at all. <laughs> and um and the the kids are like cute and they're like they kind of explain the movie and then he goes into narrating it and making all kinds of sassy comments.
1: Yeah, he gives you like a whole synopsis of the movie.
0: So I I pretty much don't have to see the movie now.
1: No, you don't, but it's almost like you've watched the movie, but I unfortunately have watched the movie.
0: <laughs> you have way too much time on your hands. Yeah.
1: And so yeah, so you know I, I, coming from the guy who created Final Destination, I was just like, this is just like a poor man's wishmaster."
0: Can I just say, I'm a little disarmed by Leatherface staring at me. PJ has a Leatherface mask on a paper towel roll. I I used
1: paper towel holders as mask stands.
0: (laughs) He's staring at me, man.
1: He's, He's cool. He's friendly.
0: He's disarming.
1: Um, so, anyway.
0: Is there any reason Leatherface would not kill me?
1: Um, I don't know.
0: What makes if him he likes like to you, kill you?
1: If he likes you, he'll just take forever to kill you. Keep you around for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For the conversation?
1: Maybe. He doesn't talk, though.
0: My skin's pretty milky white. He'd probably want to wear my skin sooner than later.
1: I don't know. You're kind of little yeah it' be like hard to stretch it over him because he's a bit overweight yeah. but anyway the if re-
0: leatherface <laughs> were coming after me would you save me
1: I might help so what? Then, anyways, what? <laughs> so anyway damn, damn. getting back to the movie yeah so the reason why these wishes are coming true is because in this urn is a genie. Or a djinn. A djinn, a genie, okay? So this is my. Besides the fact that this movie is terrible, (laughs) I do not disagree. My main gripe with this movie is that it's the guy who created Final Destination, which was a cool original idea for a horror movie. All right? So now he's like, oh, I got this new idea, The Final Wish. It's going to be a killer genie, which, uh, duh, it's been done.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of the same premise as The Monkey's Paw.
1: Well, I was going with the Wishmaster.
0: Okay. Same thing.
1: No, the Wishmaster is a evil djinn. Okay. Who grants people wishes and then eats their souls. Oh.
0: But this one, you had to make seven wishes. Why seven?
1: I don't know.
0: It's just dumb. But
1: my whole thing, it's it's, it's a poor man's version of the Wishmaster. I... You know, and, and get
0: an original idea, man. Just get a fucking original idea.
1: Well, he had to do the same idea five times, right? Final yeah. Destination one, two, three, four, and five.
0: <laughs> so instead of you know copying himself, now he's just copying other people. It's like Andrew Lloyd yeah. Webber. He pays homage to Pink in um, School of Rock, the musical. He pays homage to the opera in Phantom of the Opera. He actually, you know. Um, softly, sweetly is really come to me bend to me da, da 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 I can't remember the composer. But you know get an original idea. Please. 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 Yeah. please, please. Yeah. I'd rather be poor and original than rich and
1: plagiaristic. So the final wish is bad it's bad what's your movie. final
0: word on the final wish
1: it's bad it's a bad movie yeah there's bad news but I have to cleanse my palate here and I want to bring up a good movie that Please. you could find on Netflix it's yes. called Terrifier
0: yeah
1: it's a killer clown movie
0: oh clouds it is awesome why is it awesome
1: it is very much like an homage to 80 slasher movies it's about a killer clown and the guy who plays the clown is is just fantastic he doesn't is it Zach talk different? in the movie no he doesn't talk. Because that would
0: just be a breakout role for him. But his
1: his movements and, and his poses and everything that this guy does as his clown is awesome.
0: <gasps> is that that clown? It's not the one that's like at Halloween and trying to murder
1: people. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's that one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was kind of creepy. Yeah. He was super creepy.
1: That movie is awesome. I love that movie.
0: Yeah, he's a little bit and, creepy. And it's
1: a gore fest.
0: Yeah, and he just... I like when he's... He's like trying to flirt with the girl and he's like, you know, like,
1: yeah, he's smiling very, and winking and just very, yeah, and doing stuff like,
0: like posing. Like, Hi, they can't see you do that. <laughs> <laughs> PJ just like framed his face with his hands like, you know, Mary Pickford and just, okay. Yeah. So sorry, you guys can't it's cheesecake. see cheesecake. PJ's cheesecake posing over here.
1: You know what? Have, that was
0: super creepy and cool. I dug it. It had a sense of humor. Oh, yeah. It was murderous, yet funny.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. It's like one of the best horror movies of that type I've seen in a long time.
0: There was mirth and murder. Yes. See what I did?
1: So I just wanted to give a shout-out. Why don't you
0: acknowledge my alliteration? What? Mirth and murder? (laughs) Tolkien. (laughs) Ew, <laughs> wanker.
1: So yeah, I just wanted to give it a shout out to Terrifier. If you're a little bit squeamish, I you know maybe you shouldn't watch it. But
0: if you hate clowns, definitely don't know, watch if it. If you
1: don't mind a girl getting cut in half with a hacksaw,
0: ew, yeah, <laughs> through her vagina,
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: upside down.
1: Yeah, well, Ugh. it's just all in fun, I guess. Uh. But anyway. Yeah, that does it for this episode of Cinema Diso. PJ,
0: before we sign off, why do people make horror movies?
1: Uh, we make horror movies because we like to manipulate people's emotions and we like to be scared.
0: Why do we like to be scared?
1: Um, well, usually it's because, you know, there's nothing else to be scared of.
0: There's plenty to be scared of right now. It's like with everything going on in the world, I don't need to see a horror film. Well, well, that's like the the one thing right now is like
1: you got to make a horror movie that's scarier than Donald Trump.
0: Fuck yeah! (laughs) No, truly, truly.
1: What could be worse than Donald Trump?
0: Well, it's like riding roller coasters. You ride roller coasters, get a thrill, and just kind of like get you out of your safe place.
1: You know, you take a girl to see a horror movie and she'll grab your hand and she'll hold it tight so tight it cuts off the circulation to your fingers you know I call that white knuckle dating but you gotta be careful cause a girl will grab the first thing she can and that's why I wear a cup oh and that does it for this episode of the Puri Adisa
0: white knuckle dating you're funny Uh. <laughs> I'm Maureen. He can't get rid of me.
1: And I'm PJ. <laughs> and uh, that's it. See you next week,
0: On folks. Cinema Purodiso.
1: Ba-dum-bum. Cinema Puradiso is recorded in Burbank, California. Please follow us on Instagram at Puradiso.